the notion of collectivity is something in cities which is kind of um, disappearing. And one of the debate that has emerged in recent years is the duality between the public and the private. London can lead the rest of the world in this idea of innovation uh, for future cities. I think the notion of community is um, actually expanded. Welcome to Uncertainty Playground, a podcast about design research from the London College of Communication. I'm the Dean of Design, Dr Nikki Ryan. Uncertainty Playground is the title of our exhibition for the London Design Festival. It's inspired the series which takes you behind the scenes as we prepare for the exhibition. We'll give you a taste of what's coming up in the festival and we'll be talking about how design can define, address and make meaning from the ambiguities and uncertainties that we currently face. In this episode, we're looking at sustainability and social innovation through the Spark Show. We'll be exploring eco-social futures and we'll hear about the planned interventions and activations in the green spaces of the Elephant and Castle and beyond. I met two of the people working on the show, Sarah Temple and Valerie Mace, in one of the reclaimed outdoor spaces around London College of Communication, an urban garden at the heart of London's biggest redevelopment. Hello, so I'm Valerie Mason, I'm course leader at LCC. I'm Sarah Temple and I teach in the design department. Okay, we're here today to discuss the ideas for the London Design Festival and Valerie and Sarah are working on one of the shows which form part of the festival and it's called Spark. So, Valerie, would you like to tell us a bit about the ideas for the show so far? The ideas for the show so far is we want to invite people to consider the public realm from different perspectives and based on the research that we have been doing as a group. We are looking at this notion of public spaces, public green spaces, and also uh, the fluid notion of uh, the sensory and the exploratory and discovery within spaces. We are considering activations that may happen in the green public sp- spaces around the Elephant and Castle and we are hoping to bring our research and our consultation data back into the LCC as part of the London Design Festival exhibition. We are planning an exhibition where there will be a core display of academics research work within the theme of our group which is sustainability and social innovation. We will run workshops and the exhibition will grow uh, during the project. Can you describe a little bit about what the show will look like in LCC, Sarah? We're very interested in kind of natural classification and the way, you know, kind of Darwinian way that um, nature is studied to tell us lots of kind of important things about the way we live our lives and the future. So um, a series of 10 academics are going to um, display their research with reference to uh, the environment and display it in a way that evidences uh, design research in a really innovative and playful manner. Can you say a little bit 
bit more about what we mean by sustainability and social innovation and perhaps explain those terms within the context of this show. We're exploring um, the importance of the natural world to designers and to the public and how um, the natural world in cities has a huge effect and importance in our lives and mental health. Yeah, I agree. And also um, we're looking at it, these spaces are in an urban context. So they are public spaces and we're also looking at the role of public spaces in terms of the social cohesion and um, their role in, you know, on a bigger scale of human sustainability as well. Uh, so there are places where uh, people that are accessible and free, so have very important role to play in the city, where people meet, interact, uh, where also uh, they provide identity and a focal point for an area. One of the UAL's uh, key research priorities is about community resilience and using art and design to support communities and understanding how to develop innovation and sustainable solutions to the issues that we face um, through co-design, socially responsive responsible practices and social, social entrepreneurship. And we feel at the Elephant Castle we have... Um, we have such a changing social and political environment that it becomes a really fascinating uh, environment to look at the micro, which really uh, challenges and discusses and uh, questions much more um, some of the macro problems that are in our cities today. We can hear the building work going on around us. The Elephant and Castle is changing rapidly at the moment and there's a process of gentrification that is occurring as well as part of that. I wonder if you could say a bit about your work within the context of the processes of regeneration and some of the complexities that we need to kind of discuss and discover with our local communities. Lately my work has been taking me in the public realm and looking at the qualitative aspect of publicness. And one of the debate that has emerged in recent years is the duality between the public and the private, uh, mostly due to a rise in perhaps perceived or actual private ownership in the public realm. Public spaces are valued because of their accessibility, because of their diversity, and this um, private ownership may create tensions uh, in relation to the gentrification taking place. It's, it's quite complex because it's not just a simple kind of public-private duality. You can have more complex situations than that. Um, I'd like to give an example, if I may. Um, it's, it's not an elephant castle, but recently uh, the Tate Modern has had an extension and they have a really lovely terrace, which is public access, but it overlooks buildings that are primarily made of glass and metal that have been there for quite a while. And the people who inhabit these buildings are trying to get part of the terrace closed to the public because it infringes on their privacy. So the debate goes, yes, okay, you are, it is a little bit close, but if you want all these buildings that are made of glass and you want to enjoy this view in a very dense area, then there will be some element where people will be able to look in. So it's about lifestyle and, and density and, and about uh, this notion of uh, ownership as well and accessibility. When we see a new public space, green space, we're very keen to interact and to support the creative development of, of that space becoming a really 
innovative, creative public space. When we see a lot of private um, businesses moving in and a lot of businesses being ejected from the area, we really want to consider the future of the area in terms of the public experience, the public opportunity to feel like a community in a way that we've understood the Elephant Castle to be a very community-based place in the past. explore what you mean by community there's been a lot of work written about what communities are and the sense there isn't just one community there are many and in this in trying to discover what the identity of the elephant and castle area is I wonder if you could say a bit more about that and who those people are that live in this area who those local communities are I think the notion of community is um, actually expanded it's not just about the people who live in an area, it's also the people who work in an area, may have maybe part of a certain community. And there's actually different uh, groups, community groups emerging from this. A lot of people um, live somewhere else but come to Elephant Castle to work, for example, or to study, there's a lot of students. And uh, they are part of a community, but that community is not necessarily a permanent one, but it's still nonetheless a very important one. One of the projects I'm working on is a kind of data collection of local groups local um, allotment groups, local, uh, there's even a kind of sky astrology group that look at the stars at night. There's a bat group, there are um, obviously children's, there's an, a group that I'm in touch with, a group of autistic uh, children in a special school very close to here who use sensory gardens to develop their understanding of the world. One of my projects for this particular exhibition is to gather as many of those uh, titles of those groups um, who may well use an uh, um, urban green space as their kind of playground. So, um, you know, the Latin American Football League are as important as the allotment group, for instance, and it's interesting how they may coexist, co but also overlap in a, in a kind of community of this nature. In relation to community as well, I think um, what's happening is the notion of public space is expanding. You find spaces which are, wouldn't have traditionally been considered to be public, uh, to be like extensions of buildings or spaces inside buildings that are now becoming public, moving away from just a traditional square, for example. And within that, you see really exciting new opportunities, creative opportunities that are being done to actually bring these different community groups together. Uh, and some of them are very playful, uh, hence the playground element. There is a project a few years ago by a, a studio called Pan Studio. They did a project called Hello Lamppost, and using available technologies, a text message, they enable people within communities, within certain areas, to communicate with street furniture. So you could, on your, on your way to work, you could go and have a chat with your lamppost or with your post box, and it was, I'm, incredibly popular and people um, got to kind of meet through that but also they um, got emotionally attached to the street furniture and they were actually having conversation with them and making sure that they would go and see them every day. I've noticed in the, through my work is that something like this would not necessarily have happened maybe 20 years ago and this is expansion of community and of public spaces that is made this possible. We are in London, it's very noisy. 
Um, I've been involved with Daniel Raven-Ellison, who is um, burgeoning the idea of London being the first national park city in the world, and I've made a whole series of films about creative use of green public space in London, and the idea that we might be able to put a micro version of that together and really show innovation. The idea that people might climb buildings, the idea that people might use a city in the same way that they use our beautiful national parks. They might swim in our rivers is a very, very kind of exciting idea. And I believe that London can lead the rest of the world in this idea of innovation uh, for future cities. Could you say a bit more about the installation that's being done, how that will work and what what communities you're going to involve and engage in that process of creation? We've designed the exhibition space so that it becomes genuinely participatory. It's an exhibition that will start growing as such as a kind of physical exhibition and the idea of the participation will allow other things to develop and other things to grow around it as the exhibition emerges. So at the moment we are going to be based in two or three spaces. We're going to be based at the LCC in the exhibition space, but we're using several green spaces, including the New Elephant Park, to develop a series of workshops which we will then populate our exhibition space with the kind of findings and the participatory kind of data that we're gathering. I wanted to explore a bit more about the research grouping and um, the design research methods that you're employing within the show as well. Actually, I have a, a slightly, a very, non-slightly, very interdisciplinary approach to what I do. I use methods from special design and ethnography, but I also integrate a kind of ecology into the methods. And one of the things that I do is to document existing spaces, but the qualities of existing spaces, so their atmospheric qualities. And by, me, by that, I mean the character of a space as it's sensed through its occupants, not the weather. And so the sensory elements, so I'm using, um, you know, uh, research from by uh, the environmental psychologist James J. Gibsons, who did a, a study, a very famous study of the sensory systems. And I'm using methods and tools from ethnography as well as um, architecture in order to document the perceptions within a site. And then what I do is I map that and I analyze it through visualization techniques. And then I translate that into design methods for students and for other designers. So what I'm doing is I'm doing research about design and then translating this into methods that enable us to do research through design. And Sarah, you formed Conscientious Communicators with Tara Hanrahan. Could you say a bit more about this research um, hub that you formed? It's been going for about six years. We have one of our objectives was to bring together disciplines essentially we've got photojournalists we've got filmmakers we've got printmakers and so many of our students were interested in the same kind of subjects but coming from them from different perspectives there's a wider group uh, of researchers that you're working with in terms of this project I wonder if you could say a little bit about what some of the other researchers are working on because you talked quite a lot about in detail about your own areas of research so perhaps some of the other colleagues who aren't here today can tell you about Lucy, Lucy Thornett. She uh, is also uh, working with us as an academic at LCC. Her research is around scenography. Um, she does perform performances and she recently uh, did a performance at LCC, which was to heighten our experience of the city and the porous boundaries between public and private. 
there was a performance about daily life, but in the context of the regeneration and shifting urban landscape. And it's just in, in a nutshell, if I can explain. She sat us down next to the Faraday Memorial on a, a little bit of grass in the middle of the roundabout with all the traffic and all the people passing. And then there was a performance in the windows of two windows of the tower block. We had headphones with two different channels and we were actually captivating by this performance, drawn into it at a long distance, but we were also part of the performance within uh, the site itself. Could you say a bit more about how your show fits into the overall theme of uncertainty playground and the role that design plays in making meaning um, in terms of some of the kind of ambiguities and the uncertain futures which we're facing at the moment? Exploring through play um, is, a, is a key idea as part of our pedagogic practice. And the idea that we have um, external outdoor environments in which to explore and um, experiment is, is a very exciting opportunity. Uncertainty, I think we've covered many ways. We are politically in a very uncertain time. Certainly the Elephant Castle has changed so dramatically in a very short time that there is an uncertainty about the future of our green spaces. You know, there's an uncertainty about a creative university being in the heart of a, a very urban place and whether we have places, community environments that we can share and engage with the public. I think it's extremely important. So um, I think that the uncertainty that we are trying to explore, that we want a more certain future in having communal areas. I think there is, you know, I think the, the notion of collectivity is something in cities which is kind of um, disappearing a little bit. I think this, the, the cult of the individual is uh, problematic and I think the more collective areas that we can share and experience together, the better. What do you think are the main aims and opportunities of your show? and also in terms of the wider research group? I think there are all sorts of groups of people um, that could be brought together you know, in, a, in a common way. Mm. I am, one of the things I'm considering is the idea of dawn choruses and how they uh, regenerate each day. They're a kind of call to action for, of the bird community. The idea that older people who wake up terribly early you know, might emerge at um, dawn to, to sing together, to kind of prepare themselves for the day and to you know, uh, in reinvent a kind of enthusiasm for um, is a very exciting. So we would like to um, find all sorts of different communities and test and experiment playful ideas that might um, really develop into something more interesting and sustainable. By bringing people from different practices into this group, we are able to share a common interest and common um, philosophy and interest that we have in research and in our practice. And some of the elements that have emerged quite strongly is that we all have a human or desire for a human-centered approach to design. Uh, we're all interested in everyday spaces and places in the city, community engagements, nature in the city, and atmosphere and sensory explorations. As well as the things you've heard about in this episode, we'll be running a programme of events and exhibits in and around the university, open to the public from the 16th of September. 
Please subscribe to Uncertainty Playground on iTunes. And don't forget to rate and review us if you're enjoying this and share it with your network. Join me for episode three when I'll be in the print rooms discussing interactive making and the politics of makerspaces through the Future Makers show, where members of the public can get involved. Thanks to Professor David Toop of LCC, who composed the original music for this podcast, and to my producer, Lucy Dearlove. This was a Chalk and Blade production for LCC. Thank <laughs> you.